All right, all right, all right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Sunday Coffee. <laughs> I've kind of been enjoying doing this uh, where I get on here in the morning and kind of rant and rave about some things that have been on my mind um, recently and all the happenings that go on on Twitter in the real life or whatever other podcasts that I've been doing or stuff that I've been listening to. Um, so first, GM's in the chat. Cheers for everybody. I was like a minute late because I had to go down and get my coffee. This is a new mug and I'm really, really digging it. Extra vanilla E this morning. So, um, yeah, guys, make sure you head to the links below and get Fox and Sons coffee. That's literally what I'm drinking right now. It's what I've been drinking all morning and what I've been drinking a ton of recently because I have a whole ton of it. And I think their stuff's absolutely great. I think I have the electric boogaloo right now. Love the names too. Um, yeah, that's uh, we're going to talk about masculinity today and how basically like anytime you hear it, anytime somebody talks about it, anything like that, it's a grift. <laughs> You're being manipulated and it usually turns out to be whatever this person wants it to be. So, um, yeah, hit all the links below. Find me everywhere. Um, get your supplements and all that stuff from Tiger Fitness. All that stuff right there and the world's best electrolytes right there. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's go. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty, physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> All right. Good morning. Good morning again. It's kind of weird. This coffee cup I have to drink with my left hand. I'm not quite used to drinking with my left hand. I'm right-handed. Pretty well coordinated with my left hand being a guitar player for the last like 15 years or so. Um, I think this one's kind of coming up to one of my favorite coffee mugs. Um, my understanding is I might get another one for Christmas. That was the exact one that I broke. Um, I think I talked about it last Saturday, but I had the uh, Black Label Society Scully mug and I went to go wash it. And I it was like a Mortal Kombat fatality where the face just peeled right off. And I was pretty upset. The thing was cracked all the way around, but not like cracked and leaking. It just, you know, probably from all the heat, the expansion and contraction, washing it so many times and putting pressure on it, it probably decided to finally crack. So um, we're hearing so much anymore about masculinity, the crisis in masculinity, the testosterone's dropping in everybody. Um, your balls are shrinking, your taint's shrinking, you name it. You're hearing about um, the, the male crisis. And I get it. I do. And I talk about it quite a bit, too, where guys are kind of falling behind and guys are having a tough time in the new world because um, we do live in a gynocentric society and a society that kind of tries to place um, egalitarianism as a virtue and tries to elevate women or even elevate men to a certain degree to be equal at all times. And the fact is, is that we're just not equal. Like there is no situation where a man is equal to himself, you know, day to day or a woman's equal to herself day to day, or men and women are equal in their capacities to let's say do violence, do work, um, 
empathize with people, anything like that. Like we're going to be so different and so individual from person to person to person, from man to man to man, to woman to woman to woman, whatever you want to say. Um, that like this idea that we can elevate just equalities of virtue is just silly because it just doesn't work. <laughs> men and women operate completely differently. Men and men operate completely differently. And uh, the idea that we can just artificially raise or lower people to make people equal across all planes just doesn't really work in reality. So people talk about masculinity a lot. And usually what it ends up being is, as I kind of said a little bit in the introduction, it tends to be a manipulative tactic. People are trying to get you to subscribe to their definition of masculinity. Well, you know, people ask, well, what is masculinity? And generally most people, when they give this definition is gonna be whatever appeals to them, or <laughs> it's basically whatever gets you closer to look like me is masculinity. <laughs> if you ask Matt Walsh, it's fuck trophies for clout. Um, if the more kids you have, then the um, more manly you are, it's going to be taking on responsibility and having a wife. Um, if you ask Andrew Tate, it's going to be bitches and Bugattis. Um, whoever you ask, you're basically going to get them describing themselves to you. So that's why I don't really talk about masculinity that much, because generally, if I start telling you about masculinity, I'm going to tell you it looks like a dude who could deadlift 500 pounds, fix a car, <laughs> you know, has a wife or something like that, plays guitar, is talented. Um, and, and I'm just not going to do that. That's not for you. Hey, Matt Crab, I like your tweets. <laughs> Thanks for dropping by, brother. Uh, I like your tweets, and I agree. Tim's music is hot garbage. <laughs> yeah um, i tweeted that out right before i got on here that uh the only cancel culture i i'll accept is um canceling tim cast music because it is so freaking bad and um collateral damage is completely worth it so um speaking of that uh i should probably throw that in here right at the beginning of the show and hopefully everybody's still listening um a common crown which is my band if you don't know um we're gonna be releasing our single cry this month and i love this song i loved writing it i love playing it we've been playing it for like the last couple of years um and we've had it, we've been sitting on it for a little bit, but we're finally going to release it to you guys. And then in springtime, we're going to have some completely new music that we haven't even played out yet. And uh, I'm really, really excited for everybody to hear this. Uh, Cry is just such a ripper of a song. And um, I remember when I was recording the solo, there was a bit in it. And I'm like, man, that just sounds awesome. So I really can't wait for you guys to hear this. So make sure you're going to like a commoncrown.com. You go on Facebook and find us, follow us there. Um, subscribe to us on Spotify or follow us on Spotify, wherever the hell it is. Anyways, wherever you get your music, make sure you're following A Common Crown. You keep up with us because that single will be releasing soon. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it because I'm so freaking proud of that song. But uh, side tangent there. Um, yeah, anytime you hear masculinity, it's just a fucking grift anymore. So um, I want to read a couple articles and we're going to kind of walk through some of the stuff like how people talk about masculinity. Um, and obviously we're going to go to a definition on Google to kind of see what the, I don't want to say the temperature, but like what the commonplace definition would be. So let me do a little share screen here and we'll just keep rolling through here. So if you literally just Google masculinity, um, you will see, I hate how StreamYard doesn't automatically go to this because I don't know, I have an astigmatism in each eye. And even for me, this shit's kind of hard to read. So I have to zoom in just a little bit. Um, so under the dictionary from the Oxford languages, uh, masculinity is defined as qualities or attributes regarded as characteristic of men or boys. So right there, it's a pretty simple definition, pretty easy to work with. But once again, people are going to use this as a container word. And Ryan Stone and I have talked about this. I think he coined the term container phrase or container words. 
And really what it is is that people are going to take this word and they're going to fill it with all your hopes and dreams. I mean, this is what people do with politicians, really, is that they look at politicians and they don't actually judge them objectively on the issues that they care about or their principles or whatever matters to them. They look at that politician and they project all their hopes and dreams onto them. This is what people do with a lot of words, that they just take the word and boil all their hopes and dreams in it. And once again, masculinity, like I said earlier, if you ask Andrew Tate, it's bitches and Bugattis. If you ask Matt Walsh, it's posting your kids and being a good masculine man with a beard and glasses and shaking your fist at those goddamn liberals and shit like that um that's what you're gonna find people define as masculinity sorry sip of the coffee anyways um yeah you're you're just gonna get if you ask 10 different guys what masculinity is you're gonna get 10 or 12 different answers every single time <clears throat> So we will continue on here. I want to show a couple of these articles. I'm not going to read from these, but um, <laughs> this article literally says the importance of building your masculinity. And the funny thing is right up here, hire me. <laughs> That's what I mean. You're getting manipulated and then you're going to scroll through here and then there's going to be a whole lot of container words, how to create your own masculine character and live up to it. So of course people love lists and anytime you put a list up anywhere about anything, um, you're going to get just a million different things that this person thinks is objectively good. Um, so here in this list, physically and emotionally, physically, emotionally, and mentally strong, intelligent, and highly skilled, calmly or calm, collected and stoic, having the ability to exercise extreme violence, but remaining virtuous, a controlled monster, a true definition or the true meaning of morality, virtue, and humility defined first coined by Jordan Peterson, of course. A harmless person is not a virtuous person. When a harmless person tastes power, they cease to be virtuous and become drunk with it and begin showing their true colors. Self-control, risk-taker, kind and generous, playful and charismatic, assertive and dominant but not arrogant, independent or independence, leadership, ambition, integrity, socializable, dressed and groomed, respectful, dangerous, focused, sexual at the appropriate time, mysterious and capable of transmuting sexual energy instead of spilling it carelessly. So, I mean, you're just getting word salad thrown at you all this stuff is what masculinity is right it makes you hire this guy right for the lowly price of 80 dollars a month he can tell you how to be a man um it's ridiculous <laughs> and then you go over here seven ways masculinity coaching coaching right can unleash the power within for personal financial and romantic success um I get it. You know, there probably is some value in what these guys may tell you or teach you. But like the problem with a coach is that how do you hold this person accountable? You're paying them. So what do you do? Just stop paying them. It's so like arbitrary. And I'm not saying that there's no help or no good information out there on masculinity or how life coaches or anything like that. But I mean, it's, it's always just so like you're throwing this person money so they can tell you how to live instead of like teaching you how to think or just giving you information and then letting you or letting you determine what, how, or how to use that information. Um, so I'll just breeze through this. If I read this, it'll probably put you guys to sleep. Um, where the hell is it? One, no more mediocrity. Stop settling for decent. Embrace your masculine potential. What, what's the difference between potential and masculine potential? 
Um, embracing the real you, harnessing your masculine identity without fear, um, unleashing the alpha. <laughs> and, and that's another container word is that people are going to put alpha and then just put their entire identity and whatever they want you to believe behind it. Um, being more than a man, being a leader, navigating the dance of desire, how your authentic masculinity can ignite passion in your relationships, um, a game of power, elevating your masculine energy to excel at work. Uh, dominating your financial destiny, harnessing masculine energy to build wealth and leaving a legacy, being more than just average. Um, let me get this hell out of here for a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, like all that stuff, I'm not really against, but I mean, it's just a bunch of container words, it's a bunch of word salad that's supposed to make you feel good. Like it feels right. It feels like masculinity. So therefore, um, <laughs> by my program, hire me as a coach um unleash your masculine potential like like i said it sounds good and i'm not saying that people aren't like helped by these things but generally all it is is just a lot of stuff that sounds truthy and sounds manly so you'll uh grab yourself by the balls and start doing more productive things um i just don't use the word masculine because it's all this shit right it's just pure manipulation to tell you how to feel and to tell you what to do to be a man it's not of any help to you. And at this point, and, and I mean, this goes for a lot of stuff too. It's beyond this. And it's really almost like a Marxism kind of thing where you change the definition of like oppressor and oppressed. And we're looking at, you're just getting to arbitrary metas where people are going to use language to manipulate you to what they want you to do. When really you should just be taking in this information and and deciding how you want to use it and how you should live your life according to your own values. And obviously there are good, better and worse values. You know, if you're out in the streets, murdering people, it's pr you're probably not living by good values. Right. I, I think it, we could all probably agree with that. Um, <laughs> of course on Twitter, if you're butt fucking in the Senate, that's probably not good. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just ridiculous. And it's kind of funny that, uh, to that point, all of the uh, conservatives can't wait to pump out all the gay porn and uh, butt fucking in the Senate and whatever else to shove it in your face. Look at all this degeneracy. Look, there's butt fucking in the Senate. Look, I'm going to retweet it and put it all over your timeline. Come on. <laughs> or, you know, faux victories because we decapitated a satanic statue. And I'm, I'm still waiting for like the objective definition of a Satanist. Um, I've never met a Satanist in my entire life, but you know, it's just more moral posturing where I'm not saying that there's no objective morality, but like when you start talking about morality, people eventually get to the point of subjectivity, which even religion is a subjective thing because it's what's your objective claim for God. Well, I believe this because I read this book and this person authored this. It's so in the weeds and like what I say, what the next person says, what the next dozen people are going to say is going to differ from person to person to person. How they interpret those texts is going to be different. So like nothing I say is going to change a person's belief on their religion, their masculinity or anything like that. So as much I hate to say to be a moral subjectivist, but you, you almost have to be. And I'm not saying that I necessarily am, but like anything that you read when it comes to religious texts still are going to be a somewhat subjective claim because you're believing the text and, you know, maybe your moral claim to a God or your objective belief in a God is a little bit more objective than somebody else's, but that's for me to decide. I'm not religious and I'm not well read on religious texts. If you're looking for, you know, your 
12 rules for life or your objective claims for God or anything like that, for me, you're looking in the wrong place. <laughs> I'm not here to tell you what to believe. I'm not here to tell you how to be a man. I'm not here to, to tell you how to get the perfect relationship or even how to get jacked and tan or how to increase a libertarian or increase libertarian awareness and create a libertarian social order. That's not me. I'm going to give you information and then you could decide what to do with it. Whenever I talk about health and fitness stuff, I can't make you, um, you know, follow flexible dieting lifestyle like I follow. I can't make you um, believe in libertarian philosophy. That's just, I, I can't do that. You have to come to that conclusion on your own. Hopefully the information that I give you um, lets you come to that conclusion because those are the conclusions that I've came to through the research and the information that I've learned and read and listened to. Um, but I mean, if you don't, then it just is what it is. So I know that's a, I went on a little bit of a side tangent here, but um, I want to read this article from NPR. Let's pop this up here. What the hell? All right, it looks like my internet's good. <laughs> I can't fucking believe this shit. Fucking uh, if if anybody knows a better internet out in my area other than fucking comcast i swear to god let me know um anyways uh, let's do a little experiment reading from this article i probably said it like fucking six times but masculinity doesn't have to be restrictive here's how to redefine it for yourself uh, let's do a little experiment close your eyes and think of the manliest guy you can chances are he's physically strong successful at nearly everything he does laughs in the face of fear and danger and doesn't succumb to his emotions um these traits can all be found inside the man box which is kind of funny because it's almost uh parroting the same fucking phrase as uh container words um it, it's it's the same deal where like i was saying earlier basically when we talk about masculinity people use that as a container word and they're going to put all their hopes and dreams into it and then tell you how to feel about it um these traits can all be found inside the man box a concept popularized by educator and activist paul kevill and the oakland's men's project in the 1980s and explored in a 2017 study of young men's perceptions of masculinity in the us uk and mexico the quote-unquote man box refers to the strict expectations boys learn and must adopt in their behavior aspirations and perspective to be considered a real man quote unquote so it's kind of funny the language of um when they say a real man quote unquote which um you know we could definitely make the argument and i think i was talking about this a little bit on cognitive vigilance thursday night is that like basically nowadays men are overly emotional because we teach men to associate themselves and with other people as feminine like you should be very emotional you should wear your heart on your sleeve and I'm not saying that there's like anything necessarily wrong with being emotional. And Brandy was saying that like um, red pill praxeology teaches men to not be emotional. I, that's not it. It's that if you're a pussy at all times and you're bitching at all times, people aren't going to be attracted to you. And if the message of telling people to um, – be less emotional gets them to understand that like honestly people don't care about your struggles as a guy um they expect things of you and you have to be judicious and um live up to your word then i think that's a good thing if you're telling people to not be emotional and that causes them to be more disciplined and more realistic and you know embrace the struggles that kind of come with you know being a guy in 2023 20, um i think that's a good thing if that if you're telling people to not be emotional 
Um, let me hear there. I was actually really enjoying the topic. The one thing I was going to add, most things have a simple definition. Most things are easy to explain. Most honest, truthful things are that way. Once crazy left to get a hold of thing, the definition becomes blurred and words out. Yes, that's exactly my point. Um, just like the definition of real man, a real man is someone who works as hard as to make the best life he can for his family. He does the right thing. He takes care of things. He feels responsible to do the right thing. But I mean, like, even with that definition alone, you would still expect to see that out of women as well. And obviously we can't hold women accountable. And that's kind of one thing that I talk about a lot is that like, you're never going to get women to hold themselves accountable. It's just not what women do in 2023. And they have the law behind them. And in a marriage specifically, um, you as a guy don't have the legal authority to make a woman do her quote unquote duties in a marriage. But um, as a guy, <laughs> you're in the marriage is, you know, legally backed by the law. So um just as uh, competitiveness is often seen as more masculine than compassion or thinking for yourself, quote unquote, is seen as more macho than seeking advice. American boys are taught that certain behaviors make you more manly and others make you seem more feminine and quote unquote weak. But that interpretation of masculinity isn't universal across cultures. And by encouraging boys to repress their natural emotions, and here we go, you have to be very, very emotional and measure themselves against an arbitrary standard, society limits the way masculine folks believe they can move through the world. In reality, the quote unquote man box is a myth that breeds insecurity. Um, being a man has nothing to do with how strong you are how much money you make or how attractive you are um i think this is i don't want to say danger save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Chris, I want to be careful with my language here, but I don't want to say this definition is necessarily dangerous, but telling guys that like you should be emotional and you shouldn't be concerned with the things that, let's be honest, women find it most attractive about men um, is going to generally get them to soften up right and not that i'm saying guys have to be hard calloused and completely stoic at all times but um the saying goes is that women don't care about your struggles they sit at the finish line and bang the winners now even if that's not 100 true it's more about the operative state that it puts you in rather than the actual truth of the statement um if you believe that women don't care about your struggles then your your MO is going to be more of the mind of I have to do this for myself and I have to be less concerned with other people. I should be more concerned with myself. That is a very, very important mindset. And that's going to keep your expectations of yourself higher because you're not doing it for other people. And this kind of goes down more of a meadow where it's like, if you're trying to live up to the expectations of other people, realize that they can change those expectations at any time. Um, one thing from a book that I've read and I think is a very, very good meta and a good MO to operate on is that women reserve the right to change their mind at any given moment. If you as a guy are setting your expectations or really anybody, it's not just um, particular or singular to men, but like um, if your entire operating status is basically... I'm going to set my expectations of myself to other people. Then what happens when those people change their standards? 
then you fail to live up to those standards because people can change those standards at any time, right? If you have your own expectations of yourself, which should be reasonably high because you should want to do better for yourself so that way you can live a better life, then the MO of you being your own mental point of origin is very, very important, right? You want to set your own expectations high so that way you grind for yourself. When you try to live for other people, what you're never going to make everybody happy, right? That's what everybody always says. But I mean, there's a lot of truth in that. When you accept that as your operative standard, then you only decide to live for yourself. Then generally, you're going to provide better for other people because your expectations are high for yourself. And then generally, people want to look out for people that matter the most to them. So once again, when you're your own mental point of origin here, I know I'm throwing a lot of words and a lot of maybe rambling a little bit here. But um. When you're your own mental point of origin and you set your expectations high for yourself, then generally the people that mean the most to you are going to be um, good, right? You're going to take care of other people because you're taking care of yourself. So um, Life Kit spoke with educators and authors about the ways that harm or the ways that harmful and limiting expectations of masculinity can wrap warp our identities and be perpetuated by all of us. Here's some tips on how you or the masculine people in your life can begin to redefine masculinity on your own terms. Grapple with your values. The first step of coming to a healthy understanding of masculinity, question mark, make sure you aren't foregoing your own values in favor of fitting in. Um, that 2017 study of men ages 18 to 30 found that 59% of respondents agreed that men should act strong, even if they feel scared or nervous inside, quote unquote. Um, I want to do a little side tangent on this. The idea that you're ever going to feel completely secure and happy and like you're doing the right thing is silly. <laughs> you're not always going to feel like you're on the right path. You're not always going to feel happy. You're not always going to feel content or satisfied. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't continue to pursue things that are difficult, meaningful, or that you think are going to bring you a better outcome. Um, happiness isn't like a goal state. It's not a sustainable thing because um, you're. it's very fleeting, right? Whenever I hit 500 pounds for the first time on my deadlift, I, I was happy and then it was gone. <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't wait to continue to lift more. And you're going to find that with everything. When you graduate college, what happens? Oh, I want to do more. <laughs> I, I want to keep going. Like, there's always more. And that's a good thing. Um, whenever you're sad or depressed, that's meant to make you uncomfortable to get you into a different state, right? Whenever you're hungry, that's meant to motivate you to do something else. That's the reason why happiness isn't a goal state and why you're not always going to be happy. Um, and this is kind of like, if you're scared or nervous, then that's a message to you that's telling you to do something else. Um, young American men who strongly identified with quote unquote traditional masculine values were nearly four times likely to have held back from doing something to avoid appearing girly or gay. <laughs> Everything's fake and gay, so don't worry about it. Um, and 2.4 more times likely to have had recent suicidal thoughts. Um, the elephant in the room, though, is that a lot of men aren't comfortable with questioning the confines of the man box for fear that it puts their own masculinity into question. That aversion has another name. But I'm all done with my coffee. Um, that's about fragile masculinity, right? Quote unquote says um, journalist and author Page Mc or Thomas Page McBee, who's reported extensively about masculinity. It's about feeling so insecure and so unsure and so anxious about your place in the world that even asking a question about it is threatening to you and everyone around you. 
I really don't think that's true. The best thing, Lorenzo, shout out to my boy here. Um, the best thing to do when you're depressed is to go to the gym. I absolutely agree. Um, yeah. What's up, Sprague? Um, where was I here? Um, I don't think it's true. If you ask anybody that like has a good relationship with you, a question about things, um, if they're a good person and they give a fuck about you, they're generally not going to mislead you. I mean, I've been in the automotive industry for 10 years. And even when I have stupid questions, generally the people that I work with don't go out of their way to jack me off. And I've seen that with the center um, with younger dudes as well. Like if you are having trouble with anything, generally people are going to lead you in the right direction. Like, I, I don't think that the people that you work with or your immediate vicinity are going to steer you the wrong way. Now, if they're going to bust your balls, which may be a necessary part to get you to become better. But if you're, um, if you're generally in need of help, like a sincere need of help, I don't think people are out there to fucking get you and bend you over. Um, they say this last paragraph here, wrestle with your values. However you see fit, make a list, go see a therapist, which a majority of the time therapists are women. So, I mean, how <laughs> the idea of seeking masculine advice from a female therapist is just, you guys can figure that one out for yourself <laughs> or confide in a friend. This is mostly internal work, but it also has to do with encouraging your friends to question their own assumptions and making space for people to explore their identities. Notice when anger is replacing other emotions. Masculinity is, in many ways, a performance, and an emotional suppression is at the center of the act. I don't necessarily agree with that. Frederick Joseph, an activist and best-selling author of books like The Black Friend, Jesus Christ, Patriarchy, Blues, Reflections on Manhood. You could tell where this author is coming from when they have The Black Friend and Patriarchy. It's... You guys know where this is coming from. It says much of the programming happens at an early age. You oftentimes see parents or people in general telling boys you shouldn't cry. Why is that? Crying is a natural emotion, says Joseph. So let's say you scrape your knee instead of crying, you're, you're getting angry. Let's say you do poorly on a test instead of navigating how you truly feel about it, you're tapping into anger. Anger supplanting other emotions like fear, grief, frustration is something that came up again and again reporting this story. If you find yourself constantly feeling angry or you're eager to throw a punch when you might be able to talk at, talk it out, try sitting with your anger for a moment. Interrogate whether there's another emotion like sadness, frustration, or fear underneath. Um, to guys, our natural emotion is anger, right? Because we have high testosterone, so therefore we're more capable of violence right our natural instinct is to destroy things my dad said at one point and i don't think he realized how genius this actually was that uh as a guy if we can't eat it or fuck it we want to tear it apart <laughs> what is tearing something apart that's a pretty violent act by nature uh lorenzo do not go to therapy unless it's a man yes i absolutely agree uh remind me next time we do a show together i'll tell you some stories about my old therapist who is not licensed not cocked by the establishment yeah well you know what we're going to be doing that here soon lorenzo i promise um yeah i mean our natural instinct is to get pissed off and to want to destroy shit so of course whenever something goes wrong or these expectations that we have held in our head don't go the exact way we want to go what do we do we get angry um now what i would say what was actually good about this paragraph is that you should sit and think about it because you don't want to just pop off with the first thing that comes to mind. You want to be calm, rational, and think about what you're going to do next. Right. And like me, I'm not a very angry person. There, there's 
things that do piss me off, but I don't freak out about it. Generally, I try to rationalize and generally I can calm myself down. Now, you know, naturally, I think every person in the world is probably going to deal with this to some degree where something happens, like I said, that doesn't go the way that you want it to go. And you first, you know, you can't help it but get pissed off. Understandable. But what you always should do is just assess that, like, if your anger or what you're going to do next is worth the anger that you're, or if your anger and the consequences of your anger and how you're reacting are going to be worth your time and whatever action you partake because of that anger is going to be worth it. Um, this should always be a question you ask yourself, really, in anything. And, you know, if getting pissed off and losing your shit on somebody results in you losing your job or, you know, maybe a friend, you lose a friend or something like that over that, then maybe that anger wasn't worth it and your reaction wasn't worth it. At least that's how I kind of intuit or work my way through anger. Um, Try to meet people where they're at. Studies suggest the stigma around mental health makes men hesitant to seek help or open up about their feelings. Um, I had Glenn Lawrence on the other day, and he told me this story, and he's told on other streams as well, that um, this guy who was married had sinned, right? And this was a whole church deal where basically, like, this guy had decided that, oh, well, fucking, I'm going to jack off the porn. And he went to confessional and he said, all right, I jacked off. I watched porn. I sinned. This is bad. Okay. His priest <clears throat> berated this dude for like 45 minutes. And yes, according to the church and religious people's values, jacking off to porn is a bad thing. And in general, I think that's not a good thing because um, you're sedating yourself because you don't have access to something that you want, which is sexual access. Now. The interesting part of this whole story was that the entire time they're berating this guy, they never stop and ask him, what made you pursue that behavior? And Glenn said that the pastor who was berating this guy just kind of glanced over that and kept berating him. Glenn said he stopped and thought about it and was like, whoa, let's we should think more about that whole situation. And it's, it's definitely true that like you shouldn't all, even if people do something immoral, you should always kind of wonder what the cause was. And like, you know, when, with the whole Osama bin Laden letter that was going viral a couple of weeks ago, um, not that crashing a couple of building or crashing planes into a couple of buildings is the right thing to do, but we should wonder why they did that. And maybe there are shitty motivations and maybe there were wrongdoings on their part. Maybe the people are just fucked up. I mean, I've said it plenty of times that like some people are going to fuck everything up no matter what they do. This doesn't mean you can't learn from that. So um, if a dude's jacking off the porn because his wife won't fuck him, we should seek to understand why that happened. Not just break the dude and tell him you're not manning up, right? Um. So if you're seeking to have some tough conversations, I, don't know, I think I didn't finish this paragraph, and sometimes that hesitancy can turn into defensiveness. Plenty of us have had moments where we swear we're fine when we aren't. Sure. Um, so if you're seeking to have some tough conversations with the men or boys in your life, don't be deterred by any walls they might put up. People need to feel safe in order to open up and will be far less likely to self-reflect or hear you out if they feel attacked. Try to focus on the conversation on the damage on their behavior. Sorry. Try to focus the conversation on the damage their behavior is causing rather than personal flaws. Um, Jesus Chucho Ruiz Vice Savoy. Jesus. That's a hell of a fucking name. 
I'm not even going to read that. Uh, is a facilitator for a call to men, a nonprofit promoting healthier manhood through trainings and educational resources. Jesus, if that isn't dystopian. In Rudy's experience, helping men and young boys understand the constraints the quote unquote man box places on their emotions takes some um, salesmanship. Yeah, if that doesn't sound like uh, some, <laughs> let's let's put a chip in your brain and make you think differently. Um, a lot of the initial pushback is like, how's this going to keep me safe? Because I hear you, but if I do the, those things, I'm going to get made fun of or I'm going to be bullied, said Ruiz. Make it relatable and bring it back to just health and healing and how that's also connected to liberation. The freedom of not having to perform all the time. Um, this kind of goes to another concept that I've talked about a little bit, and that's like guys' burden to performance. We're basically like, as a guy, you are expected to have some degree of competency, and you're supposed to, you, you, there's expectations placed on you by the world that you're not a fuck up, right? And the guys who are fuck ups are just socially illiterate. Um, nobody knows who they are. Nobody can see them. That's kind of where we go to the point of like, okay, well, 30% of guys aren't getting laid right now, or they haven't had sex within the last year. Uh, that's because they're socially illiterate. They're just not seen by women. Like they, they're just completely non-existent to most of society. Um, what do you do for those guys? Well, get your ass in the gym for one, right? Start eating a little bit better. Uh, start feeling better about yourself. And then, you know, over time, hopefully you move out of that 30% and into the general population of people who are socially literate and you're charming and somebody that's enjoyable to be around. Uh, rethink your role models uh, and potential to be one. Looking up to somebody is a natural thing to do, but part of embodying your own values is making sure that your, your role models do too. There are countless quote-unquote affle sorry, <laughs> alpha male influencers who are idolized by young men and boys around the world, proselytizing about what it means to be a real man, right? I mean, this is kind of what I was going on about earlier. Uh, but their authority is often built on flimsy ground. And as, as this is too, this is what they're basically telling you is that, um, as I've said throughout the entire podcast, it's just that masculinity is generally a grift now. Um, it's important to remember that we all have the opportunity to model the masculinity we want to see more of in the world. Sorry, the first sort of half of that is about reflection, in my opinion, and investigation, noticing your own behavior, making different choices, says McBee. And then maybe once you do that organically, I really think the next steps are about what grows out of that. Um, I think that's the end of the article here. Yeah. Well, I had another one chalked up, but I think I'll just kind of cut the stream off here. I've really enjoyed talking about this because um, every time you hear about it, it's uh, like Ryan Stone says, the Miller Lite masculinity where there's axes and helmets, and shields and all this other shit hanging on the wall. And <laughs> funny enough, right there. But uh, you're just getting some half-baked version of whatever anybody wants you to believe when they talk about masculinity so i don't know i know there's a lot of ranting and raving in this podcast but like really what you should do is use the information that i've presented to you or anybody really presents to you and decide how to make your life better and you know kind of live by your own values because really at the end of the day any influencer any podcaster any talking head um is out here just telling you how to feel what to feel and all that stuff. You're never going to get, um, even if you did get a guide to live a perfect life from any of these fucking influencers, um, that doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Everything I tell you may not work for you. Everything has been told to me didn't work for me. When I was told about carnivore, 
Um, I did that shit for two fucking years. And what I do, I binged. I would go on vacation and uh, just eat a shitload of junk food and come back and feel horrible about myself. Like <laughs> all that information didn't really work for me. And then, you know, eventually I decided to do flexible dieting. That worked for me. Same thing goes for like this masculinity stuff. Whatever information people are going to tell you about masculinity, maybe it'll work for you. Maybe it won't. Andrew Tate, bitches and Bugattis, <laughs> you know, trafficking women on webcams. Not that that's good, but it worked for him and he made a ton of money. But now look, he's going to prison after admitting that he trafficked women, right? It's uh, it's all a grift. I hate to say that, but it really is. Whenever you bring up masculinity, you're just being manipulated. So you might as well get in the gym, lift some heavy weights, try to eat well, enjoy the hobbies that you do, and fuck all this bullshit about you have to live up to these nine steps, these 12 rules, the fourth will shock you. Um just do what the fuck you're going to do because that's what people are going to do anyways. Anything I tell you, anything these influencers are going to tell you, it's not going to change the world any meaningful way. So you might as well just fucking try to do the best you can for you and those who mean the most to you. And if your life is good and you're not harming other people and you could sleep well at night, it is what it is, right? You're probably doing something right if you feel good about yourself and people around you are happy with you. And if they're not, what are you gonna do? You're never gonna make everybody happy. So, like I said, I know there's a lot of ranting and raving, and maybe it was all, um, you know, just meaningless man prattle. But hey, at least I put it out there. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys have a good week. I hope this is at least entertaining. Um, I like I said, I always enjoy doing these just because I get to rant about some stuff that was on my mind throughout the week, and I really wanted to do, um, a podcast just talking about masculinity and how once again every single time you get it, you're just being manipulated. So, um. Make sure you get all the links below. Make sure you get your Fox and Sons coffee. I am all out, as you can see. I had a very, very vanilla coffee. And uh, I think today I'm going to go move some shit around. I'm going to play guitar and I'm going to go fix my moped with my brother. And yeah, people, I have a moped. And if you got a problem with that, right here. <laughs> and uh, until now, oh, you know what? This week, uh, Pat McFarlane and Connor Freeman are returning to the show Wednesday night. That will be a really, really good one. I'm gonna, I'm very, very excited for that because those guys are uh, my boys, and we're gonna talk about some of the reactions and Israel Palestine and stuff like that. Um, Thursday, my buddy Dickie's finally coming on. I've been, we've been trying to set that up forever, and things just never worked out. Um, obviously tomorrow's five till midnight with the boys from biting the bullet, Adam Nutter and Sam urban. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but we're just going to shoot the shit and it's always a good time watching that. And Thursday night, um, after I do the podcast with Dickie, uh, cognitive vigilance, we're having Dave Smith on who, uh, I'm really, really excited for this one. I feel like it's going to be pretty spicy. <laughs> There's probably going to be some metaphorical bombs thrown, and I feel like it's going to be a really, really entertaining show. So, um, yeah, I think this week is going to be a good um, good bit of content. So hopefully you guys enjoy. If you aren't already, make sure you like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, until next time, take care, guys. 
A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.